All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. Today, we have with us Christine Argo, founder of Masterpiece Courses, and we are going to be talking about empowering our children, building confidence and bridging the gap between the relationship that a parent might have with their child or a teacher might have with the child. Um, As a parent, this is something that I think about often, Um, even though my children are still quite young, it's something that I know will eventually be a very important topic in our household. And I know through talking to clients that this is a topic that does come up at certain times in our conversations because it's so important. So Christine, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. It's, um, you know, I was so excited when you agreed to be on this episode because, um, when I think of these things, I mean, when, the first time I ever met you, actually, you were telling me about what you've done. You've been running these courses for 15 years in high schools, um, and you were explaining to me your passion and, you know, the impact that you've seen it have on children. Um, for those that have never heard of Masterpiece Courses, could you just give, a, I guess, a bit of a a bit of a brief rundown into its its history and, and, and what you currently do? Yeah, sure. I've um, had a passion for the youth um, ever since I was a young girl myself. I started going to Scripture Union camps and I was getting mentored by some great leaders and they really helped me through a lot of my personal struggles as a teenager. So after that, I realised, wow, if I didn't have these great uh, caring, wise, older mentors in my life, I would have been um, really going down a bad path. So that stopped me going down a bad path. And even though I, I was I grew up in a really great family, uh, your peers can really affect um, your behaviour. Mm. And I was just getting, I was at a private school and, you know, mum and dad had plenty of money and I had every, everything a girl could ever wish for and want. But uh, when it comes to relationships and boys and, and the pressures at school and um, just wanting to be accepted and loved and cherished, you can go down a wrong path if you're in in, a, in the wrong crowd of, of um, friendships. So I'm really big on teaching teenagers. You've just got to be so careful with who you befriend because no matter what, you'll end up becoming like them. So right. choose your friends wisely. So I'm very I was very big on when I had my own two children, James and Cassie. I was very big on watching who they interacted with uh, as they were growing up. And like my son got into the skate park scene at one stage and I could see that his behaviour was deteriorating. So I, my husband was busy with a couple of different career paths and I was flat out with my career and I could just see my home life was starting to deteriorate because we were both too busy. So I stepped back and I got him into the gym instead and uh, encourage him to be with a better group of friends and had them over for breakfast and weekends and we did camping and we'd go on skiing holidays and really put a lot of time into our children and they just thrive by that attention and I yeah. think that's the biggest thing parents don't realize is often I've heard mothers say oh my kids are in grade eight now they can make their own lunches and they can come and go before and after school they're fine they're, they're much older now 
Whereas I found my kids needed me the most from grade 8 to grade 12 with all the school pressures, assignments, um, relationship issues, and uh, just sheer trying to fit in to this society with all that's expected on them. Yeah, that's such a good point because I guess somebody that's looking at that situation, like you know, you, you mentioned going to a good school and sort of having the things that you want or that you needed at the time. Um, you know, somebody looking at that from an outsider's perspective would think, oh, this person has no issues to worry about or this person's happy as Larry. Yeah. Right? Um, and it's yeah, it's really interesting that you come from that perspective because it just shows that it's it's the things that, I guess in a way, it's the things that money can't buy. It's the things that we take for granted as pe- parents or even as human beings, um, which from what you're saying has the biggest impact on people's lives. And I love that you said, you mentioned friends because there's, there's a saying that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think that applies to not just children. I think that even applies to like, it's a life lesson. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Big time. I've seen, uh, yeah. And also just uh, teaching your children communication skills, like the yep. love languages, like the old um, Gary Chapman wrote a book years ago and uh, was on the, the love languages and uh, mum handed me years ago, the, the love language book and the personality types. And that just helped me so much with my own marriage, with my children, with working um, at Channel 7 and Estee Lauder with some of the high egotistical personality types. And, you know, you'd sort of understand, okay, this person isn't just being arrogant. This person's just a very strong, say, melancholy choleric or this person's very sparky and very chatty. They're a sanguine or this person's very laid back and appearing to be lazy, but they're just phlegmatic. I've heard of that book before, Love Languages. Can you just explain that as well to those that haven't come across it? Um, I mean, not in too much detail because there's a lot to it, but just a brief idea as to the five languages. Yeah, well, basically they've got a book for adults and then they've also got one out for children. And uh, like there's five love languages basically. So you've got touch, gifts, words, quality time and acts. So like, for instance, my son, he was quite an intense personality and if he was uptight and cranky and angry and irritable, I'd sometimes just tickle his back as he was falling to sleep or stroking his hair or give him long hugs, and it would totally transform and relax. You could feel his posture, like he'd be all stiff and tense, and then he'd just slowly relax and then go to sleep easier. So wow. his, his love language was touch. So you don't smack a kid like that so much as just say, okay, you're not having this toy, go to the naughty corner. Whereas if you smack a kid, with especially with their love languages touch, they just take, they're just mortified by that. And then uh, his other language was gifts. So if you put a little, you know, Snickers bar on his pillow with a, a cute little note saying, I think you're great, James, you've done well at, you know, at your soccer today, he'd be like, oh, thanks. He'd really feel loved by that gift. Yep. Whereas my daughter, she was words of affirmation and quality time. So you'd just tell her she's wonderful, gorgeous, adorable, brilliant, and spend time with her one-on-one, go down the, you know, go shopping, girly shopping for the morning. She would just feel really close and connected to you. And then there's the other one, acts of service, like my hubby. If I wash and vacuum his car, he's like, oh, thank you so much. Whereas if you said to my hubby, oh, you're wonderful, you're great, he'd think, oh, that's nice, but it doesn't mean that much to him. Whereas Yeah, he'd be like, what do you want? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's to me. I, I go into these schools, so I teach the the uh, communication skills and job interview course. So it's communication skills, understanding the personality types and the love languages, 
And the goal of all of that is to respect and deeply love others. Because I think a lot of teenagers, well, all of us, but a lot of teenagers get quite self-focused. Yes. And self-absorbed. And body language, just kids just have no idea, even adults as well, but a lot of people have no idea. So they can be sitting with slumped, you know, shoulders and their arms folded and, and just look grumpy. Whereas if you just teach them, come on, straighten up, sit properly, stand properly, let's show, show them how to walk up and down the corridor and look like they've got confidence even if they don't because a lot of girls say to me, I have no confidence. And I say, but you know what? No one knows that. If you mm. fake it till you make it, just with just your posture and looking someone in the eyes as you talk to them and looking interested, everybody, is their, their greatest goal is to feel loved and accepted. And if you're showing interest and letting people talk about themselves, you're actually helping them learn how to have a conversation because in this social media driven society, it's extremely important to have that sound knowledge of personality types and love languages and communication skills because, you know, as you, as you know, it's so many kids, all they know are games or Facebook or Instagram and it's, and it's, they're losing that. The basics. Con- yeah. Yeah. They're losing that um, intimacy that they're all so seeking now. Like I go into the schools and, the greatest thing other than uh, loneliness is depression and the knee-jerk reaction of that is the media side of things because they're just not having that connection with their close friends. They're just commenting or liking or just a quick comment and they, they think that they've caught up with a friend. Yeah, that's so true. And, and, it's, and I think as time goes on, it's going to be even harder to make sure that those elements stay in our kids' lives, in our lives as well. Absolutely. It, it's yeah. contacting that friend and saying, look, let's actually catch up for half a day. Let's go to the beach for half a day rather than, oh, yeah, how are you going, you know, um, commenting on something they've got on Facebook and leaving it at that. And we just get yep. so absorbed into our careers. I know yep. I can easily do that because I've got a couple of things on the go at the moment. And it's just making time for friendships and ch- teaching our, our youth to do the same because we all need that connection and that social interaction for our mental health, if nothing else. Yes. And and I wanted to ask you two big questions. Um, The first one is around being proactive as a parent. And the second one is what to do if a parent's in this situation. But the first question, I guess, is as a parent, me, for example, young children, you know, they're still developing. It's, you know, it's, they're still at that age where they listen to us um, most of the time. Um, how can we build self-esteem and confidence in our children um, as they're hitting, you know, as they're growing and about to hit that teenage path? How can I, we prepare them? Are there certain things that we should be doing, things that we should be avoiding? Yeah, I think, I think just um, being very alert to their needs and spending quality time with them and, yep. and just giving them um, praise when it's due, not too much, not like you don't go over the top, but the but um, a lot of parents just don't encourage their kids enough. And I think just uh, giving them that real sense that you are valued, you are important, you have you are here for a reason. You know, you have worth. You are here to make a difference. And and just as soon as they're as young as they can be, just your goal as a parent is to give them that individual um, independence. Like you get a lot of helicopter parents where it's like, oh, you know, she can't go down the street on the bike by herself or, oh, no, you know, you can't you can't go to a friend's place because I don't I don't know the friend that well. Like it's a very fine balance of, you know, like I had um, 
a relative of mine, they would never let their kids out of their sight, ever, ever, ever. And then when the kids left school, they had anxiety issues about um, socialising with people mm. because they were just so used to being overshadowed by the parents. Yep. So it's, it's just that balance of, yeah, just giving your kids that time and attention and, and befriending them. Yes, have discipline, but with lots of love, but befriend them, not to the extent of, oh, you can do whatever you like, let's just be buddy-buddy, but just really like listening and seeing where they're at and, and, and just, you know, like I've got a girlfriend, she, um, she doesn't like craft, whereas her daughter just loves arty, crafty things. So I've had to sort of teach her, look, if you want to, and I know her daughter's love language is quality time, so I said, look, if you want to really connect with that daughter, um, sit and do craft with her, knit, learn to crochet, learn to, you know, um, <clears throat> another thing too is a lot of parents um, throw their kids in daycare and, and we've all been there where we, we have to work and pay the bills and all the rest of it, but the daycare isn't responsible to uh, teach le- life lessons. Yeah, the, and, and I think when you mention life lessons, um, it's, yeah, it's something that, I mean, only lately have I realised or has it come to, has it occurred to me as a parent, again, with young children that I need to sort of start embedding those things now because I, I don't know what the statistic is exactly, but I heard, uh, sorry, it's a, it's a fact that children absorb the most up until the age of eight, I think, or, yes. or, or it's, what is it? It's, I think it's the, it, a children's personality or a children's habits are shaped by the time that they're, they're eight. Oh, very much. You know, and it's, um, and it's being, it's being that good role model. Like you're washing the car and you don't go, no, I've got to wash the car. It's like, come on, let's wash this car because, you know, it's a good discipline to do and it makes the car clean and shiny. It keeps it real maintained. Let's vacuum the car together. And it's yeah. um, it's just being a good role model. Like I've, I've got another um, friend and he was wondering why his kids were always having alcohol in their room and he was mortified. And I thought, well, you're drinking every night. What are your kids watching? So they, of course they're going to think alcohol is just a part of everyday life rather than just the odd drink at, around a dinner table or whatever. So what I'm saying is um, kids really mirror um, their parents. Yep. And, it, and it's not to say we have to think, oh, we've got to be so perfect. But at the same time, we will be influencing them yes. for the rest of their lives. Like I can still remember my mum saying little quotes and, and dad as well, and it just sticks with you. And then when you get married to somebody else and they've been raised so differently, Sometimes you've got to work that out of, oh, okay, I was raised that the woman stayed at home and did the cooking and the cleaning and whereas, you know, Trace's mum, she was a career woman and, you know, did all of that as well. And, you know, it's just all the different expectations of how your parents lived and interact with each other and even single parents, you know, they can be whinging all the time about paying the bills and how hard it is and or really um, degrading their kids when they're getting cranky and irritable. And yeah. like I was down at Woolies the other day and I heard this lady swearing at her five-year-old and belittling her. I was just mortified. I thought this little girl, such a sweet little nature and just looks so kind and loving, you could see she was just dissolving into the ground with, yeah. with how the mother was treating her. So we've just got to be really... Just think of your child as a delicate little rosebud that will blossom into a beautiful flower, but we have to be responsible with how we love and nurture them too and how we act. Yeah, and how we shape them. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. And I think as parents, I mean, me personally, um, I think we can be the biggest hypocrites as well because, you know, we tell our children, oh, you know, you need to eat healthy food and always, you know, go out and play and um, get off the iPad and get away from the TV, even on it for, you know, the last hour doing nothing and do your homework, whatever. But then, you know, next minute I'm eating like a piece of cake and I haven't exercised in weeks and I'm sitting on my phone on social media for an hour and, you know, all these things. So, yeah, that, that, that role model, you mentioning yes. that, um, yes. really resonates, um, really resonates. Because they do watch us and they literally, like, they, they're sponges at this age. Like they, they literally just watch everything. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like my son once, I said to him, how come you're so disciplined with what you eat and how you exercise? And he said, Mum, I've watched you all my life. I know you're, you know, yeah, you're well. an aerobic instructor and Pilates instructor. And he said, I just have seen the benefit of how disciplined you've been. Wow. Um, and other times, you did know, it occur to you up until that point? No, didn't have a clue. I thought, why is he, <laughs> why is he so? Di-? Whereas, um, I think too, it's being really real with your kids. It's okay to say, okay, like just say, I, I offended my son, even if it was real or imagined. Just say he felt offended. I'd go up to him and give him a hug and say, okay, James, I'm really sorry. Mum's stuffed up. Can you forgive me? And be that role model of being the first to ask forgiveness. Be that model of, okay, I forgive you too. And keeping it real and keeping it honest, kids kids can pick up on a fake real quickly. And um, there's no point trying to be a great role model if you're not going to be real and um, humble with it, that as well. And that will then teach them how to be a good leader in leadership. Yes. Like a lot of parents is just, you know, you see them at the, um, you know, swimming swimming coaching and you see them yelling at their kids and they want their kids to excel and all the rest of it and it's all about winning 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 and I I pulled one parent aside a while ago and I just said look it's not yes it's great to win and yes it's great to be in team sport but let's focus on their character of you know teaching them how to cope for when they don't win and then when they do win not to act arrogant and you know your kids still have to go after that event and socialise with their peers and if they're going to be arrogant and and um, uppity, their peers are going to just be like, oh, they're so up themselves, don't like yeah. her. Yeah. You know, it's just teaching t- teaching kids in every realm of life, okay, what's the right way to act, what's the wrong way and uh, just being very personable with them. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. The, the, the second big question I wanted to ask is, as a parent, um, let's say, you know, for, for those listening that have teenagers, for example, um, or children that probably aren't in a good place at the moment and have confidence issues and just, you know, and the parent does has absolutely no idea where to start. I mean, I've got a client of mine that's in this situation that I'm thinking of, you know, and that there's, they literally don't know where to begin, what to do. Um, what advice would you give or what starting points would you recommend for that parent? Um, firstly, often when you have a child that's wayward and giving you a lot of trouble, they will often pick up on the fact that you're disappointed with them. And I think, number one, we've just got to let them overhear us talk positively about them to a friend rather than, oh, John, he's into drugs, he's into alcohol, he's the, you know, black sheep of the family. 
And that kid hears it and hears it and knows it. And then you've often got another sibling that is like Bart and Lisa Simpson, you know, <laughs> like my, my son. I, I, I think I was on speed dial with the um, headmaster half the time <laughs> because he was just always in trouble. And whereas my daughter was like Lisa in, in the Simpson show where she was just the goody-goody and always excelling at school and she was the popular one. And James grew into that down the track after me putting those couple of years where I gave up work and just focused on growing and changing and getting, in, you know, really up close and personal with him and what have you. But you get a lot of teenagers where they're, they're hurting and a lot of parents can be thinking, oh, they're just, you know, they're just annoying me or they're frustrating with me. And a lot of them, are, are, you pull them aside as a coach like myself and you say, okay, what's the real issue here? And they'll say, oh, Sue's always the favourite. You know, I can never do anything right. So I think as a parent it's, okay, have I got favouritism happening in the home? Um, maybe the next thing is to look out for, <clears throat> okay, what interests this kid? Can I can I go fishing? Like, again, getting up close and personal with the time. Can I go fishing? Can I can I uh, work out what love language? Like uh, James came to my, my son came to me once and he goes, you're not putting any little gifts on my pillow anymore, mum. You're not putting any love. You're not showing me enough love. So, yeah, it's sort of working out and how you work out those love languages is listen. Like if somebody says to me, oh, um, your son says, oh, I, I was just so wrapped. I got a lot of praise at school today or somebody complimented me and you see them light up with that or, you know, the quality time. Such A, a teacher really spent a lot of time with me today. Mum, I really felt really um, close to that teacher today. So it's just picking up on how they talk. And, and where they're at, I think, and just um, not so much like smothering them. I think that's the first thing as parents we think, oh, we've got to fix things. We've got to oh, quick, quick, it's an emergency. They're in, in the wrong crowd. Like don't panic, just breathe and make sure you as a parent have older, wiser mentors that you can go to with the parenting questions because every family's different, every child's different. But if we as parents aren't getting fueled and relaxing enough and getting that encouragement you can literally fall into a heap with the worry of your kids yeah and, and I guess being patient is probably a big point oh, as well absolutely and you know half the time you hear parents say oh she's 16 she's doing this she's doing that and then I say to her I say to like a lady I'll just say yeah but she's 16 she's not she doesn't have the brain and the wisdom and the life skills of a 26 year old that's yeah. why she still needs her mum <laughs> Yeah, and, and they're going through a different thing. And they've got, yeah, they're trying to work out who they are, I guess, as well. So <clears throat> there's those pressures. I mean, this morning my son was just stressed out leaving the house because the school bag was too heavy, you know. Um, and yes. it took me a few minutes, to be honest with you, to work out where he was coming from. But I was just like, it's okay, just chuck it on your bag, you'll be fine. But then I just worked out like, you know, as an eight-year-old, you know, he, he's got completely different issues to me. Like his main one for this morning was how to walk to the classroom with the bag on his back or, um, you know, or where to put the bag when he's playing with his friends. And um, it just took me a while to actually put myself in his shoes and actually work out why something so simple is stressing him out. Yeah, that's so good. It's so good that you're intuitive enough to pick that up. Yeah. Oh, it didn't happen straight away. No. <laughs> it like, it's like I'm good but not that good yeah, yeah. it's just like and I think it happens again every parent can relate to this like we just have that moment where we just have a quick reaction or we have we have an instant reaction to something but yeah. then later on we think hold on a second maybe that wasn't such a good idea 
And sometimes, um, too, it can be food-related. Like I remember, um, yeah, again, with my son, if he had too much sugar, uh, within about half an hour he would go lupo. And my yeah. my mother-in-law once, we were, you know, he's about eight, nine years old, and I said to her, look, you know, you're minding him for the weekend, make sure that you don't feed him sugar. And she goes, oh, no, he'll be fine, he'll be fine. And so she fed him all this sugar. He was at this local park and he lost it with this young girl that was on the swing too long and he started swearing at her and totally losing his, you know, his act. Yeah. You know, and yep. anyway, the mother-in-law just went, oh, now I know what you mean with the sugar or, or, yep. or tomato sauce or certain preservatives yep. can, can really set your kids off or it can just be not sleeping enough. Like a lot of kids, you see them out at a restaurant late at night and you think to yourself, wow, this kid is only five, they've been all day, you know, for a fact, they've been all day at kindy or daycare and then they're still out at 9.30 at night with their parents and then they're chucking a tantrum on the floor and the parents are like getting so angry at the kid and I think to myself, well, I think I'd be cranky tired at that age without the appropriate sleep. (laughs) You've got to to realise, you know, they need so much more sleep than, than we do often when they're developing. And then also the hormones, you know, you've got the, I remember at two and four, my son was just crazy at times and it was this hormonal change in this testosterone. And then you've got your daughter, you know, they go through menstrual cycles and they'd be a bit, you know, snappy that day or two before their period and you'd realise, oh, okay, you sort of, yeah, there's just there's just so much. I mean, it's just full on being a parent. Yeah, yeah. And- <laughs> And I think as a parent, something I'm working on um, is listening to the kids and taking time out in the day to actually sit with them, even for five minutes, just to have a chat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because no longer are we having family dinners where everyone's sitting around the table looking at each other and talking. I mean, yes, I'm sure a lot of people are, but I don't think it's as common as it was 20 years ago because people half the time are probably on their phones or um, parents are working more than ever um, from what I can see. So you can, you've got shift workers, you've got people that work different times of the day. So um, I think forcing us to have that time to just not forcing, but scheduling it or just being aware to just make that time to make that time to just sit and talk to the kids. Oh, very much. And if you could, even if you do um, sit around the table once a week or make it once a fortnight or, you know, on the weekends make it a special time where you sit around the table because uh, that's why I love teaching the table manners and etiquette because uh, so much happens around a meal. You can, like I used to um, make a a Saturday morning would be omelette and freshly squeezed orange juice and I used to set the table beautifully and the kids knew they could... um, rely on that particular time like it's 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 creating um traditions too is a really special thing in a family setting like okay Okay. sunday nights roast night or with all the family or saturday mornings you know we're doing this lovely breakfast with the table set nicely and you all sit around and have like a little meeting and how's your week gone and and uh, just that interaction is, is is just an old-fashioned thing that used to be something that people did every single night, whereas now, as you say, I met this girl at uh, this school and I was teaching the table manners and etiquette and showed them, you know, how to sit at a five-star restaurant and how to have posture at the table and good manners and you don't have your mobile phone and and uh, all the all the bits and pieces to go with that. And she said, what's what's a tablecloth? And she goes, what's, what's the serviette for? And I said, what do you mean? And she goes... What, what are all these knives and forks? Because I was teaching them, you know, go on, on the outside, you'll go all the way in as you're eating at a five-star restaurant and this glass is for that and 
this is a wine glass, this is a red wine glass, white wine, this is champagne. And she just looked at me as, a, as if I was from another planet. Wow. And I said, I said, what's your routine, sweetie? And she said, oh, mum and dad both work full time and I just eat out of a um, takeaway container mm. watching telly. But that's all she knew and I thought, wow. So that's one of the triggers when I thought, wow, I've really got to teach. Because I thought, how's this young girl going to cope when she's got like a business meeting yep. at a fancy restaurant yep. and she doesn't even know what the knives and forks are for? <laughs> yep. Yep. Or, or serviette, or what to do with your serviette, how to, how to elegantly look sophisticated, not not to show off so much as be respectful at the table even and yes. respectful to the, you know, the staff that are serving you. I do know where you're coming from. So it's, it's not about being materialistic and looking good for attention or anything like that. It's about knowing these things and being presentable to help that confidence grow. Absolutely, yeah, and yep. then by teaching your, your children that the quality time you can have at the table and you set the mood as a yep. parent to just teach. Like I remember my parents years ago, um, I think I was about nine years of age, up at Malula Bar there was this restaurant called The Boulevard. Well, oh, The Boulevard, sorry, and it was just not there now, but it was just such a fancy place. So mum and dad said, rightio, you four kids sit down, we're going to show you how to sit at a five-star restaurant. And um, oh, it changed my life forever because not long after that, at Channel Seven, we had to I had to do all these socialising with all the um, the stars that would come in and and work alongside them, and I knew exactly how to sit straight. I knew exactly what to do with all the knives and forks and cutlery and crockery. How to pass the salt and pepper as a married couple to the person asking for the salt, and then it's just it just shows a sophistication, but it also just shows too that you can uh, show respect. And at the same time, you can then be totally relaxed and enjoy the conversation rather than sitting there thinking, oh, like the Julia Roberts movie, <laughs> you know, when she was at that restaurant scene and she was like, oh, what do I do? And she was freaking out. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's so many valid points, Christine. Um, like as I said, like it's, I mean, you just, the, the book you've mentioned, The Love Languages by Gary Chapman, I'd highly recommend it to anyone. To, to, I didn't even know they had a, a version for children. Uh, respecting others, love language, um, body language, being a role model for children, listening to them. Um, like these are all massive points. And I hope whoever's listening to this has taken something out of it because um, I have. And I think as parenting, even as, as humans, as people, as we're always evolving. We're always trying to be better. And I think the other message today is that no parent's perfect. Absolutely. We all, we all make mistakes. And you mentioned apologizing to children and when we've done something wrong or showing that initiative as well yeah and also um, also keeping your sense of humor yep like if you're uptight your kids are going to be uptight yes exactly and you know just making having a bit of fun like hosing them with the hose when you're washing the car and they're like oh you know just just you know throwing Small them things, throwing yeah. them in the pool when they walk past and making yep. a family joke about i mean of course you've got to be you know careful and sensible but you know what I'm trying to say, like hundred percent, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just keeping it fun, keeping it like, like your home. You want your home for your children to be a safe place yes. and a haven. And I often have bright, happy music playing in the background, and a scented candle. If we're all, all watching a movie and make a make a special movie night, and 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 my husband used to have a special date date day with my daughter and then I'd have a date day with my, my son and teach them all yep. about relationships on that on that little date period and 
yeah, so it's just keeping it fun, keeping it interesting, keep keep as relaxed as you can as a parent. And a lot of the stuff we worry about with our kids doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And Christine, if somebody wants to get in contact with you um, or if they do want to uh, book a session at their organisation or at their school, what's the best way to do that? Okay, well, if you um, contact me on my email, it's masterpiece, M-A-S-T-E-R-P-I-E-C-E, like a dot, and then Chrissy, C-H-R-I-S-S-Y at gmail.com. And then I can I can go from there and we can set up courses or, you know, often I have, I work at PCYC at Capella Bar and we'll have 12-year-old girls and there's 10 of them, or like about 10 max, and yep. I go through 10 subjects. So we do the communication skills, personality types, love languages, body language, self-esteem, confident building talk, makeup, skincare, fashion style, and the table manners and etiquette. And then we take them out for a meal. So then they show us how they're dressed, how they're, you know, interacting at the table, and then they get a little certificate. And it's just, and it's such a bonding time. It's a 10-week course for just an hour a week. And uh, at the end, you just, you just, everyone's crying because you just got so close over that 10 weeks, even though it's an hour each week because you um you just get up close and personal interact with them and and some of the teachers have said to me oh my gosh it's been like you've been a um invisible bridge Chrissy from the wow. students parents and teachers um you know you've done a, a fun personal interactive session and you've taught them and said things that we've all said at times but they won't listen to us because we're the teacher or the parent yes. whereas you've made it fun and and you've made it a sense of mindfulness of self and others and taught them all these subjects that are just lost in a lot of the parenting um, now. So, yeah, it's just a, it's just um, life coaching basically. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That is so cool. And, again, I didn't even know something like that existed. So it's, yeah, as a parent, that's such a valuable tool to be able to, you know, to, to use um, or to, to implement. You know, oh, absolutely. And, and um, at the same time, they're interacting with their other peers. So a lot of yes. them, as I say, uh mental health issues in the local schools and then they've got depression and then they've got the anxiety issues now that's so prevalent and you know getting these kids together and getting them socializing and interacting and teaching them how to be a friend that's even a big thing now one last thing i finish off all my episodes with a dad joke this applies to looking good but um dad did you get a haircut um, and the answer is always, no, I got them all cut. <laughs> Why do I always laugh at dad jokes? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so good. So oh, good. no, it's awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Christine. I really appreciate your time. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for your time. Oh, pleasure. Okay. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. And feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.